Brilliant. Well, welcome to Eden. If you guys want to grab a seat, you can carry on playing games if you want to. Um, my name's Emily. Um, I'm on the team here at Eden, and it's great to have you here. Um, Eden, if you don't know, it has uh, four different parts to it. There's the event, which is tonight, always on the first Thursday of the month. We also have um, socials that we do once a month. We also have um, Eden Acts, which is just a chance for us to give back to our communities. Um, and then there's the wonderful and well-loved Eden podcasts. Woo! Yeah, see, they're always very popular. Um, so tonight we have Nettie as our guest and in a second I'm going to speak to her a little bit more about our topic which is prayer tonight um, but alongside that just to let you know a heads up for what's coming up this month um, so the next Eden event is going to be on the 2nd of April um, but before then on the last weekend so March the 28th um, on the Saturday Eden Acts we're going to be going to the care home just on the outskirts of Stone Market um, and going to be doing some outside work sort of painting and and repairing their outside area. That's on the proviso of weather dependent because it's rained so much recently, but also depending on what's happening with the coronavirus because we're aware elderly people, respiratory problems, not necessarily a good mix. So we'll, our plan is the 28th of March to be doing something with that with a social aspect afterwards. Um, but keep following us on Instagram to find out a bit more. And then April the 2nd is our next event. But... Nettie, you are joining us this evening. Welcome. Hello. This Hello. is your first time at Eden, isn't it? It is. Scary or okay? It was okay, but now I can see everyone. It's a bit scary. Well, we're very pleased that you're here. <laughs> um, Nettie, for those of us that are perhaps part of the Forge, Nettie recently on our Sunday series did a little video about prayer, which is why we've asked you here this evening. Um, if you saw advertised that tonight was going to be about uh, eating disorders, then I'm afraid that the person that was due to be coming as our guest for due, due to ill health wasn't able to make it. So Nettie has stepped in in short notice, but we're very grateful to have you here. You're welcome. Now, Nettie, for those people that don't know you here, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are, um, where you live, what you love, stuff like that. So I'm Nettie. I live in Stowe Market with my husband, Jez, and two daughters, Elise, who's 12, and Amy, who's 10. Um, I was born in Stowe Market, grew up in Stowe Market, went to school here, moved away to Peterborough to do my nurse training. Stayed there for about 13 years, um, met Jez, re-met Jez, because we knew each other when we were children, re-met him again, um, moved back to Stowe Market, got married, had children, that's it really, what do I like? Um, oh, sorry, Jez, <laughs> Jez, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course, um, Oh, I'm not very good with what I like. Chocolate. I love chocolate. I'm really addicted at the moment to those okay. little tiny Snickers bites in Whoa. the back bag because they're just big enough to melt in your mouth. Yeah, a weird thing Sorry. that I've also noticed that I think you love is toast. Toast and marmalade. Yeah, like but the proper butter. Like, okay. It's got to yeah. have proper butter on yeah. and marmalade. And like Paddington, but you don't wear a hat, so it's fine. No. It's all good. Now, Nettie, um, those of us that have perhaps been around the forge for the last week and stuff might know a little bit of this, but your journey, your family have been on a journey, both mm. like physically, metaphorically, mm. emotionally over the past kind of year. Um, and that's kind of spurred you into this place of being 
a bit more of a prayer than perhaps you yes. were before. Tell us a little bit more about the journey that you guys have been on. What's been your, yeah, what's happened over the past year? So last, beginning of last year, um, Jez was told that he was going to be made redundant in the job that he was in at the time. Um, there was They were all facing redundancy. So he started looking for other jobs. He had a call offering him a job in Saudi Arabia teaching. Um, he works on airplanes as he's living and this was instructing um, the Saudi Air Force cadets how to work on airplanes. My initial reaction was no. I really don't want you to do this. I quite like my life here. I like living in Stowmarket. I like my church. I like my friends. I like, um, yeah, life was okay. Quite boring, but okay. Um, boring safe, isn't it? So, but then I thought about it and I thought I don't want to be the one to say, no, it's not going to happen. So I prayed that. God <laughs> put the, put the um, responsibility onto Jez, prayed that God would um, speak to him about whether it was right to go or not. And then that resolved me of any responsibility if it was the wrong decision. So he went out to Saudi. So the idea was that he would go out first and then me and the girls would join him two, three months later. We'd go and live there for a couple of years as a family. Girls would be able to go to school out there. Um, I wouldn't have to work which is kind of what sold it to me. Being able to sit by the pool and not work for a couple of years was, sounded wonderful. Um, once he got out there, so it was, it was really, it was a real, real decision for us. Um, and, you know, joking aside, we didn't make it lightly. We really did think about it a lot, weigh it all up. Once we decided we were going to do it, the excitement started to come. Um, and we all kind of bought into the idea and started getting excited. Once he got over there, it soon um, became apparent that um, we hadn't been told the whole truth. And Jez was on a temporary contract. He needed to be on a permanent contract to be able to get us over there. And it became apparent by kind of August, September time that there wasn't going to be a permanent contract, which then meant me and the girls weren't going to be able to go over. And our worlds just kind of fell apart, really. Because we'd never intended to... We were living on different continents. So me and the girls were here. They're still young, really missing their dad. I was really missing him. Um, just emotionally being on my own. Not so much the hard stuff, because I tended to do... <laughs> Hope Jess doesn't listen to this. I tended to do most of the thing, you know, most of the stuff at home. But it was more the emotional side, um, being on my own, I think. So really struggled with that. Um Yeah. So that was yeah, so that was September. So he carried on until the end of the year till December, and then he moved back here in December, back to the UK. And we're all all been back together again since then but it was a it was a really really difficult time so you talked um initially about kind of that whole thing of working out what to do and seeking god kind of saying god okay speak to jez about that yeah. tell him what you need to do how easy was that for you to do kind of to turn to god and to talk to him about the stuff that was going on at the point where you were trying to make a decision that felt like it was 
hugely life-changing was that easy difficult so I'm a bit of a control freak really in that I like to be in control not be in control of others but be in control of myself I like to know what's happening I like to be in the driving seat of decisions um I always like to know what the next 10 steps are so actually making a decision that was that big that could have so many we didn't it was an unknown decision really felt incredibly scary praying that Jez would make that decision and giving it over to God was actually really quite hard initially because that's not something that I would normally do I would normally like to make decisions weigh it up weigh up all the pros and cons make an informed decision so yeah giving it over to God was was not something that I would have normally done but it almost felt too huge for us to decide on our own so then came a peace after having or a relief that I'd given it over to God and that he could make you know he could make the decision for us and that we'd go along with what difference did that then make when you then heard, oh, hang on a second, like this is like I've just put all of my eggs into this basket. Yeah. We're, we're like selling out. We're planning yeah. to all go over. I've given up my job. My kids haven't got school to go to because at that stage, your mm. oldest was about to go to secondary go school. To school. Um, so you hadn't got a space for her in a school no. or anything like that. To then discover that you're not going, how did mm. that affect your relationship and your faith with God? Oh, yeah, it was it was. So I'd spent the whole, from April when he went to when we found out in September, really praying that it would happen. Because when he first went out there in April, we had, we had the first inklings that things weren't quite as they had been sold quite early on. So there was this question mark over whether we were going to be going. So I was literally praying, 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 literally on my knees, um, constantly praying, almost obsessed with praying. Please get us out there. Please make this happen. You can do this. You wouldn't have made, you know, you wouldn't have let Jez go over there without us if it wasn't meant for us all to be together. Um, some days I'd be really feeling full of faith and yes, this is going to happen. Other days, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. Then I'd feel confident again, but just constantly praying. And, um, then when we found, and, and as well as praying, I'd given up work, ready for going out there. So I'd handed my notice in at work. Um, we'd applied for the girls to get schools over there. So they weren't going to be going to schools here. Um, so everything was kind of in preparation. So then when it didn't happen, I just could not understand where God was in it all. I couldn't understand why it hadn't happened I know that God doesn't always give us the things that doesn't always give the answers that we want when we pray for things and I knew that that sometimes it's a not yet sometimes it's a no that's not the best thing for you but I really felt that God had let Jess go I'd felt we'd felt a peace about him going very early on, I felt God say, trust me in the silence. So all of that time when we weren't hearing anything about what was going on, trust me in the silence. And then a little while later, do you really trust me? 
And hearing God speak to me isn't something that happens on a daily basis. So they were quite isolated incidents. And I can still kind of vividly remember those two times now. Trust me in the silence. And do you really trust me? So I was so sure it was going to happen. So when it didn't, I just did not understand. And I felt very, yeah, just kind of confused, really. And and so within that, like often when we have that kind of almost crisis of faith or crisis of war, well, hang on, God, you said this and mm. this isn't happening. We can make a decision to turn our backs on God or mm. like get angry. Mm. What was your response? And why was that your response? <clears throat> so my immediate response that first evening, I just cried, um, went to bed, put the girls to bed, went to bed, cried, cried, cried. A, because I was disappointed that we weren't going to be going over there, but B, because I just felt so deserted by God. Because how can he, how can he say that he loves me, but he's totally not done what I really thought he was going to do? Um, yeah, so it was a very, very dark time. I went through a really dark time around that time. And I didn't, I think the thing that I struggled with as well is because I've been praying so regularly for it and had so much faith, then there wasn't anything to pray for because it's not going to happen. So I'm not going to carry on praying that it will happen because now we've heard there's a definite no. So what do I pray for? How do I pray? And I really kind of hit a wall, really. So I asked God to show me how to pray. What do I pray for now? And that was when he kind of brought, I think you gave a sermon at church once and, and recommended a book called How to Pray. And I read that and it just took you through different stages, you know, prayer made easy kind of thing. And one of the chapters was on rejoicing, being um, thankful to God. So thanking him for all the things that he's promised us. And that was really hard to do initially because I really didn't feel very thankful. I didn't particularly feel like I had anything to thank him for because everything was going wrong. We were still living on different continents. Every, all our plans seemed to have kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, but after a while of, of praying and, and, you know, I was discovering that actually through focusing on God and through praying and thanking him for his promises, I was rediscovering God. So it wasn't something that I'd set out to do to rediscover God. I'd kind of just set out to, or I was just trying to make myself feel better, really, get that peace back again, feel, you know, that kind of equilibrium back again. Um, but yeah, through focusing on God, through praying and focusing on God, that peace did come back. I'm not explaining it very well, am I? Sorry. So how did, like, how did that happen? So prayer is something which lots of different religions do, um, mm. and it takes lots of different forms for you. You know, when you said you started to read this book, how how to mm. pray. What did what did prayer look like to start with, and now perhaps what's been your journey? Where what does your prayer life look like now in terms of how regularly, but also mm. where, when, what, what does it contain? Those types of things. So initially, um, for those five months up until this point, and then initially it was very, um, 
kind of outcome driven. So I would be praying for things, things, you know, things that I wanted to happen, things that, that I needed. Um, once I changed tack and started to pray, so um, initially I just started thanking God. Thought we'd just start there. Started thanking God. Started um, thanking him for his promises, the, the promises that he'd given me, the promises that are in the Bible, focusing on that. And um, just really spending time with him, I think. And uh, so they weren't, they weren't necessarily focused on an outcome, if that makes sense, just spending time with him. Um, so do things like, so like, yeah, so I sometimes find prayer really difficult, which is really bad probably to admit as a church leader. <laughs> um, but it can be so difficult, can't it, to just sit there in, an, in an, a room where actually my head can just get massively filled mm. with. I sit there and think I'm going to speak to God and then I'm like, and oh yeah, I'm talking to you. And now, oh yes, I've got to remember that I've got to pick that up from mm. the shop later or I've got to, and suddenly all these lists of things comes into my head. Mm. Like, what are some of the techniques? That, do you write stuff down? Has that been helpful to write stuff down or... Yeah, how do you, like... So, um, one of the chapters that I read in this book was about contemplative prayer, so where you're just spending time with God, not necessarily praying for anything in particular, but just spending time in his presence. And I've really, I've really enjoyed doing that, really, and, and I've really kind of started doing that a lot more. So my... So there isn't really a structured prayer and you kind of just let your thoughts go. I mean, my thoughts are dreadful at staying in place and I'm constantly thinking about what's for tea or, you know, the next thing that I've got to do. So I think my prayer times really, I, what I started to do was I started to kind of carve out a time of the day regularly. So every day to pray around the same time. It was usually in the afternoon. I turn the TV off, sit on the sofa, same place and just pray. To start with, it felt very much like, well, I don't really know what to pray for now, God. Can you show me what I need to pray for? And just gradually, as the days went past, I just found that um, I was wanting to spend time with him more, wanting to, to have that prayer time with him and wanting to, yeah, just be in his company, really, and just wanting to... Um, have that time set apart to be with him and I wasn't always necessarily praying for things sometimes I was just being quiet or listening to some music um, but I think that prayer for um, the, the focus of my prayer changed completely I think so gradually Instead of it being a means to get things that I wanted, it, it became a shift. So it then became a focus on God and who he was. And that in turn would lead me to pray for other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's that whole idea, isn't it, that um, prayer is a relationship. It's that mm. conversation that we have between us and God and both in terms of sharing our days, our lives with him, mm. but also being able to know more about him. And I think often we think prayer has got to be this really super spiritual 
yeah mm. thing and actually it's in its rudimentary way mm. it's a conversation mm. um, and it's a practice conversation as well I think yeah. because you know it, sometimes you don't know what to say and and but it's being able to be real with God as well and just say I don't know what I'm going to pray for today God or I really don't feel like praying today yeah but just and and that's where the regular time each day helps because it's you just keep turning up you know, you just it's keep... that decision to put yeah, yourself in that definitely. place and be in that relationship um, constantly. And it is a, it is a, it's a journey and it's a, it's a development. It's not, you know, one day I think, right, I'm going to pray. And then all of a sudden wonderful prayers and it's powerful and it's, you know, it's not at all. It really is. It's a relationship. It's really kind of re-getting to know God mm-hmm. through focusing on the things that he promises us, through allowing him to make those changes in our lives that we are praying about so kind of um you know yielding to him and so do you did you see stuff happen so like so often we pray that way because we really want to see god move and do stuff did mm. you see that happen yeah, and I it really was did. that what were, what were some of the signs that you could see those things happening so it was um kind of a variety of things really um my oldest daughter Elise was having some problems at school um so I was praying into that and we saw some real changes happen there um different friends situations and I was seeing results there when I was praying and God was really answering um I began having conversations with people about prayer and trying to encourage them to pray. I know you've done that a lot um, with me and that's been really significant <laughs> for me. But so. it's, uh, but then those friends were f- feeding back saying, oh, I can't believe it. God's, you know, and it's like I started seeing God working through that prayer and seeing those answers to that prayer, but also learning that just because I don't see an immediate answer doesn't mean that God hasn't answered it. So I was just learning more about again, through, through focusing on God and, and, and who he is and his personality and, and how he, how he works, knowing that he really does have, um, the best for us. He has the best plan. He's, he has, um, he knows us better than we know ourselves and he has the best for us. So we can completely trust him to answer the the prayers that we pray because he won't, give us bad things. God loves to give us good things. So to answer it in the way that's best for us, even when we don't really yeah, know it ourselves. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you're having this journey with God back here in the UK. Mm. Jez is out there in Saudi mm. Arabia. <laughs> Sunning himself yeah. up. Yeah. How did like, did you see that God worked in both of you yeah. in that or like, how did that work? Yeah. So we hadn't really kind of had many conversations, uh, kind of, God-focused conversations before he went. Um, just kind of, you know, you get in a rut, get in a routine, doing stuff with the kids, work, jobs, shopping, housework. Um, but when he went away, because we had no choice, you know, because it was such a difficult situation emotionally for both of us, um, Jez was on his own. He had more time. He read the book as well that uh, I'd read. Um I bought him a copy <laughs> so that he could read it. And it just started opening up conversations, really. So he started um, 
praying a lot more than he ever had done before as well. So he was also going through his journey over there. I was going through my journey over here and we were able to kind of meet up on FaceTime um, and chat things through, which which we'd never okay. done before. That sounds good. Like they, I've once heard, I think it was Duncan Banks talking about in marriage, there's that whole thing of like, it's like a triangle. There's you there, there's Jez there, there's God there. And actually the more we move towards God, the closer we mm. also get to each other. It's yeah. kind of and it really like has. that picture. Yeah. It's within any relationship, mm. not just within mm. marriage relationships. So then obviously Jez is now back. You have a different yes. routine. You've talked about regularity in prayer and yeah. like that whole idea of like having that regular space. Yeah. He's in your space. He's, He's at home constantly. How have you changed that regularity? How has that changed how you pray, when you pray? <laughs> Do you feel more distant from God? What's like, what does that look like um, now? Yeah, it has changed um, because I was praying before out of a, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an anxious person, but I am prone to spells of anxiety, if that makes sense. So I don't kind of go through the normal day worrying about things, but sometimes I can come under the grips of anxiety where I really am just panic stricken and really have spells of anxiety. So this um, whole time around, you know, finding out that we weren't going to be going over there and everything kind of, you know, just the stress, I think, of the the, the five months, I really found my mood just dropped. Like I said, I went through a really dark time and I really started struggling with anxiety. <clears throat> so a lot of the prayer and a lot of the, the kind of the looking to God and the prayer times were actually just kind of feeling like I needed God, I needed him and just, you know, really that I don't know if anyone's ever suffered with anxiety before, but it kind of grips you and it's just horrible. So a lot of it was because I needed to. I, I needed God. So I was turning to him because I needed him. Then as prayer started to strengthen me and I was able to focus on God more, started becoming more aware of, of um, the plans he had for me and his love for me and, and the fact that he is, you know, was looking out for us and my mood started to lift. Then I was having, so then my prayers changed. So they weren't so anxiety focused and help me Lord, but they were more um, kind of praiseful. And then when Jez came home, I was in an even better mood because I'd got my husband back with me, but I didn't, I didn't have that now, I don't mean that I didn't need to pray because I do need to pray every day, but I didn't have that. Um, Almost desperate. Yeah, like, desperation. God, Life of, was yeah. good again. Life was okay. And I was out of that dark place. So it, the regular slots started to go. And I know, but I noticed through that, that. I then felt I was lacking something. I just felt this kind of, mm, it's not, something's not right. You know, I need, I found myself wanting to have those times. Um, so again, this last few weeks, I've been just, again, just building, it's, it's the regularity of it, I think, just reminding yourself to kind of and that's a real challenge for me because I think so often I live a really full life doing lots of different things 
and I feel full. But when I actually really stop, that's that kind of almost, it makes it sound really sad, but kind of hollow feeling that yeah. sometimes can be in a really full life. Mm. And I think one of the things that I've really observed in you over the past year and in other people that I know that have really committed to making prayer a regular part mm. of their day mm. is that that hollowness feels mm. like it diminishes quite yeah. considerably. And it's not that they're praying because because they need God to do stuff. It shifts, it starts there, but yeah. it shifts into this. No, actually I'm praying because this relationship, this contact with you, God daily makes that the fullness of mm. my day actually fall mm. spiritually and emotionally yeah. for me as well. Definitely. So, and I really noticed that in you and I've noticed that in other people, which I think is really profound. So, and I've seen people talk about, you know, or I've heard people, I've been a Christian for, you know, several years, a lot of years. Um, and I've heard people talk about the joy that comes from being a Christian and this peace and the, I've never had it, I don't think. I don't think I've ever had that real joy. I'm, I'm glad that I'm a Christian and, you know, obviously that, that that's, but I've never had this joy, this excitement for, never had an excitement for life, particularly, just kind of, you know, you just do life. Um, but prayer has given me that. But the prayer has been the the, the pre prayer has been the means of spending time with God, and through spending time with God, that joy has has come alive in my life, and that mm -hmm. peace. Um, well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Like, because there's often the analogy, isn't it, that if you have a friendship or a relationship with somebody and you don't spend any time with them, then mm. you don't enjoy the joy of that relationship yeah. very well, and it kind of makes yeah. sense to it. So, Nettie. There's a room of us here, all at different stages of faith and in terms of wanting to or like space and time for prayer or doing prayer. What would be three takeaways that you would want to give us? So this is where we hope that my phone has hasn't run died. out of battery. <laughs> um, so I think the first thing is pray simply and honestly. So simply in that it hasn't got to be elaborate. I'm not particularly good with words I keep forgetting what I'm going to say and um and you you, tra you know lose track of thought so keep it really simple and honest if you don't feel like you've got anything to pray for if you don't know that God's listening to you if you feel like you want to give it a go but you're not really sure if God's listening to you be honest with that and and say God, I don't even know if you're really there, but I'm going to give it a go. And so it's just been really, yeah, keeping it simple, keeping it honest. Um, I think the second thing really was having that regular time set aside. I think that was kind of crucial for me, really, just to keep that regular routine going, especially because we all live such busy lives. Life just gets in the way, really. You get caught up in doing good things. Um, but by having that regular time every day keeps it, keeps it in your kind of your routine really. Um, and then, but, but not in a, oh, I've got to pray at 10 o'clock because otherwise, you know, God's not going to bless me today. I don't mean it in that sense. I mean, more as a, just a kind of a help to yourself really to try and remember to, to keep doing it. And then lastly, um, focusing on God. And thanking him for his promises, because I think that helps you to, it shifts your focus off your situation and your circumstances, brings it back to God, 
And it's very difficult, or I found it's very difficult to feel worried and anxious and negative at the same time as actively thanking someone for the good things and the promises that that he's given us. So how can you focus on God? What's the, what are some of the, the practical things that you can do to help people? Like how, how yeah. can people focus on God? Like, did you read the Bible? Did you just sit down and write down loads of different things about him that you know? Or what were some of the things that help you to do that? So what I found helpful was I had a, um, I discovered a great playlist on um, Spotify, God's Promises. And just the first three songs in particular I just loved. And so just listening to those three songs really helped me to kind of tune in, focus. Um, Picking a different promise, so a different Bible verse where God has promised us, um, you know, I will never leave you. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the plans I have for you. God works all things together for good. Mm -hmm. So just picking a different promise and just focusing on it, thinking about it and thanking God for it. So making so say for example i know the plans i have for you so making that the theme of that prayer yeah that day that's where i love google because google's amazing like if you want to find a bible verse on something you just type in bible verse for and up it pops yeah so yeah and the bible app as well i've noticed now it's got little emoji faces so you could tap on that's very good i'm so gonna look at that later and and then it gives you options yeah not that I'm an angry person at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Cool. Nessie, it, you have been wonderful and your journey has been a really significant one in this next year. And so thank you for coming and sharing that. You are in an interesting stage though now going forwards, aren't you? Where are you mm. at like for this next step? So the next step is that God may well have been saying not yet for Saudi. Um, and actually at the tail end of last year, I felt God say, when did I say Saudi wasn't happening? And that actually I was basing the fact that it wasn't happening on the circumstances rather than on what God was saying. And so they've now, the Saudi government have now stopped issuing temporary work visas um, and temporary work contracts. So they will only issue permanent visas, which is what we needed to be able to get me and the girls over. So they want, Jez to go back on a permanent contract and actually I haven't even told you this he had the email today offering him a permanent contract (laughs) which now means I don't know if I want to go now (laughs) (laughs) you're a year round and it looks like there's a chance you might actually be finally going so So again you know I didn't trust God I but it's also a roller coaster of emotions stuff like that and it still is but yeah yeah, so he doesn't always answer straight away sometimes it's a not yet keep trusting But prayer is about the relationship, not the answer yes, so much of the time. So definitely. brilliant. Thank you, Nettie. Um, for those people that are listening on the podcast, thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll come and join us in person next time on the 2nd of April. Um, but for now, we're going to sign off with you guys and we'll see you soon.